0: Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. Remember the days when computers were giant rooms filled with machinery that took punch cards or hunking squares of plastic that took floppy disks? That's sort of where quantum computers are now, maybe even before that. they're still a dream, but the era of quantum communication is here. A new experiment out of Paris has demonstrated for the first time that quantum communication is superior to classical ways of transmitting information. Eleni Diamanti is an electrical engineer and senior researcher at Sarbonne University and a co-author of the result. She says this applies to the best-known classical protocol.
1: A lot of people can claim that they have shown quantum advantage, right? And it depends on where, in which resource you have shown the advantage. We are the first to show an advantage. For transmitted information, so for the information, the two parts have to share for a useful task.
0: Quantum machines exploit quantum properties of matter to encode information. They're widely expected to revolutionize computing. But progress is slow. While engineers labor to build rudimentary quantum computers, theoretical computer scientists have confronted a more fundamental obstacle. They haven't been able to prove that classical computers will never be able to perform the tasks quantum computers are designed for. You might remember our podcast from a few weeks ago about the Texas teenager who proved that a problem long thought to be quickly solvable only on a quantum computer can be done rapidly on a classical computer as well. But if you look beyond computation, things are different. In the world of communication, the benefits of a quantum approach are certifiable— More than a decade ago, computer scientists proved that at least theoretically, quantum communication beats classical ways of sending messages for certain tasks. Iordanis Kerenides is a computer scientist at Paris Diderot University. He's also a co-author of the Paris study. In the case of communication, actually we can prove
1: what is the best classical way of solving the problem. And this is a conditional proof. It's... It's not that we don't know what classical computers can do and if there is a better way of doing it. We can actually prove what would be the best way of solving this problem classically, no matter how powerful your classical computers are going to be. So this is a good thing about trying to prove a quantum advantage in this communication model, which is that you can actually have a provable quantum advantage.
0: Back in 2004, Kerenides and two other computer scientists imagined a scenario in which one person needed to send information to another so the second person could answer a particular question. The researchers proved that a quantum setup could accomplish the task by transmitting exponentially less information than a classical system. But Carinides says the quantum setup they imagined was purely theoretical and far beyond the technology of the time.
1: Although we knew these problems, that they could actually prove this quantum advantage, it was very difficult to actually implement the, quantum protocol.
0: the new work carries out a modified version of the scenario that Kerenides and his colleagues used. The question addressed in the paper involves two users, Alice and Bob. Alice has a set of numbered balls. Each ball is randomly colored red or blue. Bob wants to know whether a particular pair of balls, chosen at random, has the same color or different colors. Alice wants to send Bob the smallest amount of information she can, while still making sure Bob can answer that question. This problem is called the sampling matching problem. It has implications for things like digital currency. Here's Tomas Vidick, a computer scientist at Caltech.
2: One way in which it's important is for cryptography. This is the one part of quantum computing that is successfully implemented and that people use. So that's using quantum information to send signals in a way that if someone intercepts the communication, then they can't decode or read. It. So that's one thing that you can do using quantum communication that you cannot do using classical communication. What this paper looked at is take advantage of the ability to send quantum signals to allow parties that are at distant locations like Alice and Bob to perform certain tasks in a way that's synchronized. For example, Alice and Bob would be doing a computation. Each of them is doing parts of the computation locally and then sometimes, you know, the computation involves Bob needs to know something about Alice's part of the computation or something. So then you might exchange signals to allow this computation to proceed. And so that would be quantum communication.
0: That means the sampling matching problem is well suited to demonstrating a quantum communication advantage. Vidic says you have to look at tasks that are more subtle.
2: You can't find a straight advantage to using quantum signals to make communication more efficient said in a straight way this is not going to happen so you can't say you know I want to send you a, like a movie or something that's one gigabyte what if I encode it into a quantum state and then it would be only 100 megabytes of quantum state right I mean that's not going to happen there's theorems that say this is just not possible so you can't just say oh communication is going to be faster so, so you have to look at tasks that are a little bit more involved that don't just consider how much information can you send but how securely can you send it Or in cases where this information can be correlated with other information that maybe Bob has. Like maybe you already know something about my movie and you're actually not interested in the whole movie, but you're just interested in completing a little bit the information that you have. Okay, so then we might be able to do that more efficiently using quantum
0: communication. To solve the matching problem classically, Alice has to send Bob an amount of information proportional to the square root of the number of balls. But the unorthodox nature of quantum information makes a more efficient solution possible. Here's Tomas Wittig.
2: Bob just wants the information about the two balls that he cares about. And so there's a way for him to make a measurement that will just get him just exactly that and nothing more.
0: In the laboratory setup used in the new work, Alice and Bob do that by communicating with laser pulses. Each pulse represents a single ball. The pulses go through a beam splitter half of each pulse toward Alice and half toward Bob. As a pulse passes by Alice, she can shift something called the phase of the laser pulse to encode information about each ball, whether it's red or blue. Meanwhile, Bob encodes information about the pairs of balls he cares about into his half of the laser pulses. The pulses then converge in another beam splitter where they interfere with each other. The way in which the two sets of pulses interfere with each other reflects differences in the way the phase of each pulse has been shifted. Bob can read the interference pattern on nearby photon detectors. Up until the moment that Bob reads Alice's laser message, Alice's quantum message is capable of answering any question about any pair. But in the act of reading the quantum message, Bob destroys it yielding information about just one pair of balls. Quantum information carries the potential to be read many ways, but can ultimately be read only one way. This characteristic dramatically reduces the amount of information that needs to be transmitted to solve the sampling matching problem. If Alice needs to send Bob 100 classical bits to ensure that he can answer his question, she can accomplish the same objective in about 10 qubits, or quantum bits. Graham Smith works on quantum technology. He's a physicist at the Physical Science Research Institute, JILA, at the University of Colorado, Boulder. He calls this idea a nice first step, but not something that we're going to really use right away.
3: It's like the sort of proof-of-principle stuff you have to do if you're going to build up a real quantum network. And these kinds of things certainly do have applications for cryptography. If we had a big, good quantum network that sort of connects Boulder to New York or whatever, or maybe to Paris, that would be a huge undertaking. And that's going to involve a lot of ideas and a lot of technical work and a lot of theoretical work. But actually, I think the more important thing about this paper is this theory-taking-seriously What the experiments can do and experiments taking seriously what the theory can do to me at least i think rather than this protocol being an advantage i think this approach is going to be useful for trying to build quantum networks
0: the new experiment is a triumph over classical methods the researchers went into the experiment knowing exactly how much information needed to be transmitted classically to solve the problem They then indisputably demonstrated that it could be solved in a far leaner fashion by quantum means. Smith says there's a lot of interest in demonstrating quantum advantage using quantum computers.
3: And often what happens is someone will do an experiment and they'll say, "Ah, we think we have an advantage, but it turns out it hasn't been interrogated quite carefully enough. And, you know, classical computers can do just fine at this problem. It's just nice in this paper to see people really making a really good effort to be sure that the thing they're doing is hard and then doing the hard thing.
0: Michelle Yoon helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Kevin Hartnett's full article, Milestone Experiment Proves Quantum Communication Really Is Faster, on our website, quantummagazine.org. Alice and Bob, the famous cryptographic couple, are all over the place. You can read about them exploring the mysteries of the universe in the Quanta book, Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire, published by the MIT Press. Available now where you buy books or to listen to on Audible.